Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Josh Milligan, and today we're going to talk about COVID-19 and how to get financial help for small businesses and independent contractors. I'm joined by my friends Dave Ashworth and Corey Bauman, and we're going to chat um, just how to get financial help uh, as well as um, different marketing strategies for how you can get your small business back on track after we get through the coronavirus and just kind of what its effect is on small businesses today. So without further ado, let's kick off the intro. This is the Filming with Josh podcast brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. It is springtime. <laughs> we should be out turkey hunting, but instead, well, many of us are stuck at home or in our offices dreaming about turkey hunting and dreaming about having money to go turkey hunting because we are dealing with the coronavirus. Yay! I'm joined with Corey and Dave. Guys, say hi. What's happening? What's up, man? What's up, guys? Guys, what's going on? What are y'all up to? Just hanging inside. I figured Sitting I would just home. stay inside for the next three weeks. No, no big deal next three weeks are you sure it's going to be just the next three weeks or is it gonna be longer than that i'm not sure what's going to happen next the next hour to be honest with you the way this <laughs> thing's going you know that's a true statement what about you dave yeah same. I see your just, cat back there yeah yeah he's Gangster gonna do cat. something bad but uh <laughs> i could see it just uh he's about to make a jump dude just hanging at home man that's all you can do right now uh i work from home anyway so that part hasn't changed much for me but yeah not not really seeing much family and friends and um you know i haven't i've gone shed hunting maybe once this year i haven't been to the farm in two months it's sad it's sad sad that is sad but there's a lot bigger problems out there for other people so i really don't have any room to complain what are you guys uh what are y'all doing for fun right now like in the evenings or the weekends y'all getting out much or not or what uh not much for me um just watching some tv i've been been editing some videos which i haven't done in a while so that's been that's been fun i really enjoy doing that um shooting my bow here and there um, but really not too much i mean what we're, about you Corey? we're pretty lucky to have the community we have um so we're out walking you know we usually eat dinner take a family walk even sometimes during the day like i'll grab the dog just go for a quick walk to get outside and our weather uh, is getting really nice. Um, it's not so great today, but it's been, you know, mid seventies, mid eighties last weekend. Um, so it's been, the weather's been really nice. Watched an incredible sunset the other night. Um, just trying to any second I can get just to get out in my, uh, community's pretty close to a really busy road. And it was kind of weird the other night. I was just sitting outside in the patio. It was like five 30, like hard to rush hour. I had the grill on. And I'm sitting there, I looked over, my daughter was playing in her sandbox, and it was like dead quiet. All I could hear was her playing in her sandbox, and it was just like this like awakening, you know? I was like, man, things are just so different right now, you know? Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, just trying to get out when I can. I was out last week, went for a hike in the woods to look for some sheds. Of course, I'm the worst shed hunter in the entire world. <laughs> so I didn't have see... Have you ever found a shed? I have never... I've found one shed, I think, You found more than me this year. That's I found a shit at the Haggerman, but we don't want to did. talk about that because I don't want to get you all riled up. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so have you guys at least done yourself a favor and watched Tiger King yet? Yes, done. Done? I Same have, here. I have not. I have not. <laughs> I might be the only person in America without Netflix. So You probably are. I would be willing to let you borrow my Netflix account just to watch it. Check the box on that one. It's part yeah. of part. It's part of the things you're going to remember about the coronavirus. You got to yeah, watch it. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. What do you think about it, Corey? Because I feel like you could be friends with Joe. <laughs> okay, I got to go. Know, I'll what? see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to me. So funny, dude. Not I don't know about funny, but whatever. If you, if anybody out there's watched the Tiger King, so one of our staff members went to high school with. Uh, the last husband she didn't even realize it until she watched the show and she's like I know that guy and then I have another guy that I just talked to that's in my bible study and he's like oh he's like oh yeah I've been there I've been up to see the you know when when the whole operation was going on with all the tigers he's like yeah it was actually really cool like and he's just like he is in person you know he's wearing his wearing his gun walking around he's like a you know entertainer but man that, it's I don't know man it started off like awkward like weird mm-hmm. A little bit, and you're like, wow, this guy's pretty crazy. And then as the story goes on, you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> it's just so many turns. Literally every 10 minutes, my jaw drops. <laughs> and the worst part is, is like, you can't, this can't be real. No. But it's real. It's so real. It's real. I just, I can't, I don't know, man. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched it, you need to go watch it. I mean, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And I'm drinking a Dos Equis having this podcast. And I'm pretty sure it's because I watched the Tiger King this weekend. Oh, my gosh. Bad. That's not good. Well, guys, let's talk about uh, let's talk about COVID-19 a little bit. So this is, I don't know what week we're in, week three or four or something like that, since it kind of hit the United States and uh, numbers are growing rapidly. I think the deaths we were at um, at the time of recording this podcast is like over 5,000. Um, far cry though from where we're supposedly expected to go Um, but it's been uh, there's been some pros and some cons to this whole thing obviously it's one pretty big one giant con but there has been some pros that have come out of this and we'll get to that today but tell me a little bit about how COVID-19 has affected you and and how it's affected your businesses and uh, that type of thing what what you've seen so far Um, I can go first because I know Corey has had um, just a lot more impact and he's been around a lot of small business owners recently and helping guide them. So I know his answer will be probably a little longer than mine. Um, I'm probably in the minority, but honestly for me and our business, it hasn't had a huge impact, at least not yet, um, which obviously- And you're in accounting. I am, which I'm really blessed to say that. Um, I think it's a, a byproduct of the type of clients that we have. A lot of them are in service business. A lot of them work from home and they've just all seem to be doing pretty well through this whole thing, which then in return for us, you know, we, we have continued to do pretty well, um, which I know a lot of people don't have that same situation. So like I said, we've just been really blessed. Um, you know, that could change over the next couple months, you know, hopefully, our clients all continue to do well, but if as some of those you know potentially start to hurt, if the economy doesn't start to pick up and, and open back up soon, and obviously that will that will affect what we're doing as well. Um, but so far, it's been been pretty good um, for us and and for for most of our clients. We have a couple clients in retail 
Um, the one is actually in, he does like uh, different types of like vitamins and, and natural supplements. So he's actually doing, doing pretty well because of, you know, people want to invest in that stuff. Um, but a couple other in retail um, that that have been struggling a little bit. Um, so hopefully they can get through this. But, but that's kind of my take. I know mine's probably in the minority a little bit. Um, and Corey's probably talked to some people that are definitely definitely struggling through this time. So you're, you're, for you, it's pretty much business as usual. You're used to working from home. Uh, your clients are, are sticking with you. They need, yeah. you're, you're, you're not, I don't know if your service, I guess it is listed as essential, but it definitely is essential. And so people are going to hang on to that right now as long as they can. Yeah, I think people from, you know, want to still know what's happening with the, the financial situation in their business, having the clarity of what what is actually going on so they know where to make changes. Um, sure. But I do also understand that at some point if things start to go downhill that we could certainly, um, you know, be something that they cut out as well. So we'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> what about you, Corey? Yeah, I mean, I've had a, a really interesting um, perspective on so many levels with this. I mean, our entire business, uh, our clients or quote, our members are all small businesses. So we have um, our communities made up of over 3000 small businesses around the country, not just in Pennsylvania, not just in Texas. You're a business networking. We are. So we do yeah. business networking. So the, the chapters meet every single week around the country in locations that have been closed down. Um, you know, our primary business and the value what, what a lot of them are getting is the face to face meeting. Luckily for us, we haven't built the company one dimensional. You know, we haven't built it on just having a chapter meeting every single week. We have an online university. Uh, we were very proactive with this whole thing uh, as it were as proactive as you could be because honestly there was it, it happened like you guys know like I remember having a simple conversation about how horrible it was of what was happening in China mm. and then three days later <clears throat> all of a sudden you started to feel some impact and people started to talk about it and then a case would pop up here and there and then all of a sudden boom we're at home working I mean literally it happened that quickly right we took uh, let's see, we took over 165 in-person chapter meetings to Zoom conferencing uh, without really dropping the ball on any of it. And um, we've had to bob and weave. We, the one thing we've been blessed about as a company is we've always been pretty pretty quick at making a change if we needed to. So our team you know, had to adjust to working at home um, and then also adjust to us even changing quicker. And, um, you know... I've seen, you know, to Dave's point, I've seen businesses that have actually grown uh, over the last couple of weeks because their online platform has now put them right in front of people that were otherwise distracted by life's events and day-to-day -day stuff. And then I've also had, you know, I have a, a friend and a, a, a member of ours that is uh, owns a winery and has a location, a big space where he does events and had 32 events cancel in 24 hours. Mm. You know, and I've been on probably, you know, five minimum of five Zooms a day with different groups of people around the country. Um, and they're all small businesses. And I can tell you 90% of them, there's tears shed like on these Zoom calls. One of the most incredible things is seeing people come together, though, as a virtual community and knowing that we have each other to get through this and everybody's going through something different. But you know, 
the blessing in our company right now is that we didn't build it specifically on just a referral. We built it on the relationship coming first and building a relationship solid enough that down the road, you know, like, and trust someone and you get business from it. And that has actually um, been the blessing because our people, 90% of them have probably helped each other in a personal way versus a business way right now. And that's really what people need. None of us have all the answers. And I think if we approach it to the way that we do have all the answers, it's a mistake because people aren't looking for all the answers. You and I, you know, you guys, we don't have the answers and joking around, like you don't have the answers tomorrow on some of this stuff. <clears throat> and so it's really become a, just a huge support system. We've allowed, um, you know, other business networking organizations and other business, small businesses that haven't networked because they were too busy or it didn't fit in their schedule have now been coming into our virtual meetings and we've been able to provide a platform for them to to grow and to lean on each other and to reinvent that's been the main word as we'll talk about you know it's how yeah. are people reinventing their businesses and how are they creating even new streams of income that will actually carry on past what we're talking about right now uh replacing income right it'll be income that, that continues so it's been all over the board for me. I have probably worked harder in the last three weeks than I ever have. And I think I've been more exhausted in the last three weeks than I ever have. And I think I've even been at home. I've seen my family less than I ever have, um, and which kind of sucks, right? But then there's also moments of me counting my blessings that I get to work at home and get to take five minutes out and go say hi to my daughter and play with her for a couple minutes and do things like that. So affecting us you know, being at home is a different animal, you know, and I also think it's created, um, you know, I remember times when I'd be on a Zoom call and people would get upset because, you know, other kids would run in the room or like their microphone was not muted and you're seeing a lot more understanding of that, right? Understanding of people, sure. I think. And my hope is that not to be long-winded about this, but one of my hopes is that the blessings that come out of this are that people that should have been doing things with a servant heart actually are doing things with a servant heart. And that continues because they've now built the habit of just reaching out to somebody or sending a thank you note and saying, hey, what can I do to help you out? Hopefully, right, our society won't just go back to the norm. Uh, And I don't think we can. I honestly don't think we can. With with how big this thing is, there is not gonna be a norm um, and shame on us if we ever do. I agree. So. I, th- I think one of the biggest things that you mentioned was the idea of like relationship driven versus transactional driven. And that can be applied to any part of your life. Uh, you know, we're talking about business stuff. So especially in business where this idea of, you know, people that have been so focused on just the transactional driven things and getting referrals and, and basically just having a relationship to complete a transaction you know in a time like this where like you said a lot of the support that that we need in the small business community is not transactional it's more just being there for people the the emotional connection and you know building that relationship driven connection uh, is is super important so i think uh, it's awesome that you guys have done that and you've been able to do that and just be leaders for that for so many small businesses that you've pushed that for so long. And now these all these businesses are reaping the benefits of your guys' leadership because of that uh, is, is really cool and it's a really big deal. Yeah, we literally said yesterday that we've been preparing for nine years, literally for this moment, to be in a place where 
um, were positioned for this and to be able to help it. And I know that in three months or four months or whatever long it is that it's going to help us grow as a company because people are going to see how we positioned ourselves and how we um, were even introducing new things. You know, last week we we revamped our whole online university and we were going to launch it at our uh, physical event, national event in April. And of course, that's not happening. It's not happening until August. And we're like, we're not going to let our people wait. Like they're at home right now and they need this training. And so we literally launched we had our whole team like working overtime to launch this uni- university. Next week, we're doing more things to add more value to the training that they're getting in their Zoom meetings. So we're continuing to just add value. And at the same time, like we're affected a lot. I mean, this business, it's hard to get new members when you're not meeting face to face. And it's hard when people come to you and they say, these are all small businesses where they don't have employees, a lot of them, right? And their cash flow is week to week. I mean, and they're shut down, some of them. They, they literally can't operate. And they come to us and they say, like, can you put our membership on hold? And can you do this? And can you do that? And while we want to help everyone, if we put everybody's membership on hold, they won't have the very thing they need when they get out of this, which is Master Networks, because our revenue is driven through membership. Right. So it's a really tricky situation, yeah. although we're doing the best we can, just like everyone else. And it affects, and, and, you know, the reality is like, the financial impact on them is also a financial impact on you. You know, when you do certain things, then you know you guys have employees and people to support too. So it's not like, I think everybody would want to help other people financially if they could and just give everything away. But like everything affects like so many, like one decision affects so many different people. Uh, it's just, it's really hard. There's no, there's no right or wrong answer in this time uh, of what to do, unfortunately. So, Josh, how about you? How about you touch yeah. on a little bit? I know your story's definitely different than, than some other people, so maybe just touch on how it's kind of affected your business and some of the things that you're doing. Yeah, man. So I'm one of those that, um, that I'm completely shut down. So media is technically, in my state, is listed as essential. So I could go out and film. That's not the problem. The problem is all of my customers, except for one real estate client, um, are not operating right now, or if they are, they are operating differently than what they normally would do. And so every single contract I had has been postponed until this whole thing blows over, which nobody knows when that's going to be. I even have one client who I had already shot the project for them, um, a rather large medical client who called me and said, Hey, stop editing. Uh, cause I don't know when we're going to be able to pay you because we're, you know, furloughing our employees and we're in a tough spot right now so we don't know when we're going to be able to even get to that at this moment in time and I think like part of my job is to be understanding but it's also hard to be understanding when you are dependent upon your customers to be able to financially uh, stay afloat and so that's and that's kind of where part of the inspiration for this podcast came from um, because a lot of people out there are in my shoes, whether you are in video or photography or a small business owner who owns a coffee shop or a restaurant or a gym or whatever, um, a lot of people like me out there are struggling. And we don't, the thing is, is we don't know when this is going to be over. It's not like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make it through the next few weeks and then we'll be all right again. We have no idea when this can be over. Nobody knows, you know, uh, Trump said he thought that this, we would hit our peak 
in two weeks. He said that several days ago, uh, but we have no idea if that's true or not. And so that's, I think, the scary thing and the hard part for, for many people like me. Um, we can't do the jobs we have and we can't book any more work because we don't know when we'll be able to get to it. So it's a, it's a tough situation. But there are some things that... There are some things that you can do if you are a small business owner to help yourself financially get through this. And then on top of that, there are ways that you can learn to adapt through this that can help you in the in the long term. And that's one of the things that Corey is seeing with Master Network is they've been able to kind of adapt because their business has been able to kind of fit around some of the things that are happening. And I think that's really important um, to be able to survive and and. I think reinvent is a word I want to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about about people like me um, and the financial opportunities that are out there to help survive this. I don't think that anybody should take advantage of anything that's out there because there are a lot of people that are desperately in need. Um, so as a disclaimer, I want to say that any if you see a financial opportunity to get money right now, but you are, your business is doing good. I know of some people who are trying to get financial help who businesses are still operating and they're doing just fine, but they see the opportunity. I don't think that should be you. But if you are like me and you are, you've lost all your work completely and you're just trying to stay afloat, let's talk about guys like me and what we can do to financially get through this until we get our work back. So, I know of some things and that I can talk about. I'll tell you, I'll just briefly mention what I've done and then let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Okay. So far I have applied for the SBA economic relief disaster loan. Um, and also the grant that comes with it that you can apply for. Um, I have, or will be applying for, there is a, a Facebook grant, a hundred million dollar Facebook grant where they're giving away $100 million to 30,000 small businesses. I will be applying for that. Um, and then Sony has released a $100 million grant as well. That includes for creatives. And I'm going to be, I'm in, right now in the middle of looking at uh, some of those opportunities as well. And then unemployment. That was one that I fought with. I was really hard for me to apply for unemployment because I don't feel like I'm technically unemployed and I feel like I was taking advantage of the system. However, my in-laws and, and my parents did a good job of helping me understand that the reason why the government, and for those of y'all listening to this who may not know this, um, they've extended unemployment to um, self-employed individuals uh, or contractors, independent contractors, so that people like us who are in this current position who are now technically unemployed can get financial help. And I think I fought with that. I don't know if it was my pride or what it was, but I fought with that a little bit because it just felt uncomfortable applying for unemployment. Um, however, it's, I mean, I have no work. I mean, all my work is completely gone and that's what it's there for. So that's something else I have applied for. So those are some different things. There's also the PPP. I have not applied for that yet. My banker called and talked to me about that yesterday. Corey, I think you know some about that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna let, Corey, I'm gonna let you take the lead and kind of talk a little bit about the PPP and what it is and maybe go into talking about some of the other, some of the options that are out there for people. Can I add yeah, one I thing real quick before you jump go in for there? It, Dave. Yeah, for sure. So one thing, Josh, that you said that uh, I agree with most of it, but disagree slightly with is, okay. um, you know, people that are still open for business potentially shouldn't be applying for the loan because they should be letting it for other people. 
in a perfect world, I would agree with that. The only issue is I think you have to look into the future a little bit and try to predict a little bit what's going to happen because like for me, like my, my business and I don't know if we're going to apply for it or not, but my business is open today. But a month from now, if five of my clients go out of business and I'm going to try to get the loan and there's not going to be anything left, it's like, then I'm in a really bad position. And there's going to be a lot of people, like you said, that are going to be completely fine, that are going to apply for it and take it in front of somebody who needs it in two months and they're not going to be able to get it. So I would just, at least, that that's just my opinion on it. Uh, preface what you said. In a perfect world, I think people like you who are really struggling should be the ones who are taking priority and getting it. But the problem that I see is we don't know where we're going to be tomorrow, right? So it's hard to say that certain businesses aren't going to be hurting in a month when there's just not not any money left. So I don't know how so, to go about that, but that's yeah. just kind of my opinion on it. So I, I completely agree. So allow me to rephrase that. Sure. What I was more addressing was, I, I agree because there's going to be a ripple effect, <clears throat> right? It's not just a matter of what you have today. It's also the ripple effect of the economy and what's going to happen tomorrow. So I completely agree. What I'm referring to more of is, like I know, for instance, of a few real estate agents whose businesses at the moment are booming because home loans are at an all-time low. Um, and they're, they have, I've seen them or discussed with them how their business is going and they're like, they're doing better than ever at the moment and getting listings they never had, but they made, I had one guy in particular made the comment that he was going to apply for some of the financial relief just so he can get the money while it's available, even though he knows he doesn't need it. That's more of what I'm referring to. So if, if it's someone who's open for business, it doesn't mean your business isn't struggling. Coffee shops are open, but coffee shops are getting sure. hammered right now sure. and they're going to be hammered for a while. But it's more for those people who are strictly trying to take advantage of free money despite the fact that they know they really don't need it and probably aren't going to be in a position where they do need it. And that's more of what I was referring to. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I just wanted to at least add that in that yeah. you know, if you aren't struggling today, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to apply for this because you might need it in a week from now. You might need it tomorrow. I, yeah. And w there's so much uncertainty about what's going to happen with these loans that in a week from now, there might be nothing there, unfortunately. And we just don't know. Yeah. There might be, you know, there might be money there for the next two months, but there might be nothing there in three days. So um, just be careful, I guess, with that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. Corey, take us in, talk us a little bit about what the PPP is. Well, first of all, I'm no expert on this. I know we've done a lot of research and we've been... None of it. Even my banker called me yesterday. He's like, dude, I don't even halfway know, know what's yeah. going on with I've talked to my, stuff. I've talked to our banker. I've watched like a bunch of webinars. I've read the thing and it's yeah. like, I still don't know if I fully understand it all, but... And it's changing constantly. That's the other thing. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple things. Um, <clears throat> so kind of to both of your points on, you know, who should be applying, who shouldn't be applying... You know, I'll just use like Master Networks as a specific example, right? So we we had a lot of momentum going into March. So our March wasn't what a normal month would be, but it was pretty, pretty like we felt pretty blessed to have the March we did, right? We still had new members. We didn't have a lot of members cancel. Um, however, looking proactively into April and May, you know, April has already been a different month. Um, we've lost quite a few members. Um, 
we we have applied for well we haven't applied for the PPP loan but the the two the there's three things that I'm knowledgeable about right um, now the Facebook thing I'm not but I would like to learn more about that I don't know anything <laughs> about that that grant so there's the individual piece too that I don't want us to forget about there's an individual uh, stimulus coming um, depending on your mm-hmm. income um, I believe it's somewhere anywhere from twenty four hundred to Dave can probably more comment on that. And then mm-hmm. it's $500 per child. Um, so mm-hmm. that's that's real money coming to you. Um, I think it's $1,200 per individual if you make, if your last tax report was 75,000 or less, or if, if you filed as a, as a couple, like like with your wife, yeah. um, then it's 150,000, I believe is yeah. the cutoff. And that's if you made over that, then I think you could still get some stimulus money it's just you don't get quite as much yeah yes. and then if you have children you get up to five hundred dollars per child right that is correct yeah it's yep. tiered once yeah, you make tiered, over yeah. a certain amount right. so you have that you have that coming and then you have the two i guess main uh loan slash grants that you have out there the the sba loan right that has a really low interest rate um, that has already been available for people to apply for. It's actually a very easy process to apply for that. Um, to Josh's point, make sure you click the button for the 10 grand. Now, this is re- here's what I will say, and this has changed over the last day, so I don't even know if you guys know this, but initially it was 10 grand. So like, even if you didn't get approved for the loan, they were giving you the 10 grand. Now it says up to 10. So we mm-hmm. don't know for a fact if you're getting 10 or not. If you don't get approved for the loan, the way it did read, unless it changed on the last day or two, is that they would give you that 10 and that's a grant. You don't have to pay it back, it's a grant. It's not a loan. However, if you get approved for the loan, then it adds to the loan or it's a part of the loan itself. Yeah, from my understanding, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say you took out a fi- you got a $50,000 loan, okay? And you did get the full $10,000 grant. My understanding was you still got a fi- you're still getting 50,000, it's just 10 of it is you don't have to pay back. Correct. Well, no, okay. no, that's not. No, well, that's not correct. Cause that's I don't want to say yes or no on that. Me. Maybe Dave knows, but I think it, I think it only becomes a grant if you don't get approved, I think, but really, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Yeah. Dave, do you but, know? but I do know, and Corey, you're going to get into this. I'm sure that I think that that 10 rolls into the other loan. And then mm-hmm. if you use it for certain expenses, like payroll and certain things, mm-hmm. then it does get forgiven. That's yeah. kind of ha- my take on it. So the 10, like if you don't get the other loan, then it's a grant. But if you do get the other loan, whatever is there rolls into the big loan. And then a certain amount of that then can be forgiven based on payroll and, and different things, which I know you're gonna get into in a second. That's, so my, the, that's my take on it. Yeah, so the the SBA initial loan, whatever you wanna call it, um, that, uh, so both sides of it, this PPP, which we'll talk about in a second, but the SBA and the PPP, they both have really strict guidelines on how to use the money. And to like your point of somebody just applying to get free money, like they're not gonna be able to get, they're, they're gonna have to document how they're using that money. Right, um, right. And you also like, we're, we're encouraging everyone to apply because even if you get approved, you don't have to take it. So at the end of the day, That's correct. you know, if like a month down the road, to Dave's point, we don't know how much, how quickly it's going to take. We've been told that it is going to be first come, first serve. So to apply and then maybe don't take it, hopefully people do the right the right thing. They make the right decision. So there's the loan, right, that, that's been out there. Um, and that's, um, uh, you know, that's a little bit different than the PPP. The PPP is a true forgivable 
uh, grant per se. And if the PPP you use it stands the right for the Payment Protection Plan. Yeah, I think program. It's, I've right. heard Payroll Protection Plan, yes. and Payment Protection yep. Plan. That that really specifically is to allow business owners who have employees. And this is kind of a gray line too, because initially we thought it was if you only it was for only people that had employees. Right. And that's not, not true either. Right. right. Um, and if you're if you're a sole proprietor, but you're on payroll, you could still potentially qualify for it. Yep. Um, that really, if you use it the right way and you use it for payroll and the way it's looking now is that it's going to the, the maximum loan amount is going to be two and a half percent of your monthly payroll. So basically two and a half months of your payroll will be the loan plus you can use it for rent and utilities, I believe. Rent, I know for a fact. Utilities, yeah. I believe. Um, so it can be quite substantial. And if you use it properly, so you have to open up a, a separate bank account where it's actually, they're funding it. And then you have to use that bank account for payroll, rent, all those things. And you also can't lay anyone off in that time period. It's forgivable. And we've been told forgivable up to 100%. Um, yeah which is uh, incredible it's that's it's amazing that they're doing right. this um one of the things that really we've been kind of we've been um talking about a lot is like <laughs> the, the application for the sba was very simple now i know they're probably going to come back and ask for more information but we're like is it that easy and then mm -hmm. the ppp same thing like the initial application looks very easy like because there's an application if you go to the to the, i don't know what the website is but you go to the website you can get the application but what we were told yesterday which i know you guys are probably told the same thing by your bankers is there's there's two sides of this there's the government that's like we're going to do this and the banks are going to be the ones processing it and underwriting the loans right the problem is the banks haven't been given all the details now they right. might have as of this morning i haven't heard yet they haven't just yet but someone told me that the tre treasury i forget his name whatever his name is but he said yeah. sometime today okay he's going to give the information to the banks to be able yep. to apply so the form. banks the banks don't have the information that they need and everybody was telling the world right that well today we were going to be able to apply for these loans but the banks didn't have what they needed to be able to know how to process and underwrite everything so right. it's been like this lack of communication um you know the main purpose and you guys probably know this already but if anybody out there's wondering like why the heck they would do this it's because quite honestly our government or our, our unemployment system cannot handle the amount of unemployment that's coming right i saw yesterday it was 6.6 .6 million as of yesterday yeah. of applied for unemployment they're just not going to have the money for that mm -mm. there's not i mean no there's no way it's it, it's unprecedented that they're talking and again these are just projected stats but it could be anywhere from 18 to 30 percent unemployment over the next six months to eight months That's that is lot. insane that is insane so there's not only can we not like the unemployment system cannot handle that so what they're trying to do right. is they're trying to filter it through the businesses to keep people employed right um and that's their way to to kind of handle it and so while it might seem like a pretty simple process and it probably will be once they figure out how to underwrite these things is that it's going to be first come first serve and they have mm -hmm. to do something this is a time like we've never seen mm -hmm. ever <laughs> So while it might seem pretty simple, like I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, if it if it's if it is simpler than we would expect, I guess, down the road to get it. Um, I don't know what you guys feel on that. That's kind of where we're at with it. Looking at both yeah. sides, we're kind of in a queue with two banks. So the one thing I will say, if you're listening to this and this is coming from 
uh, my good friend who is um, works with a bank here in Texas, and he's a he's a team lead for the state of Texas for his bank in commercial banking. Um, and he said, most banks, they'll have the decision probably the bank will, but most banks will only underwrite people that are current customers because they have. That is, that is true. That is true. My, okay. my Wells Fargo banker said the same thing yesterday. And yeah. it may make sense, even if a bank would take you on and you're not a client already to go with a bank that you are to streamline the process because they have to do a due diligence on your business before they can even underwrite the loan. And that could delay it two days, which could be yeah. a big difference. I think it has to go through the bank that, this is what I was told, it has to go through a bank that you've been with since February of 2020. Okay. So That's I don't, my, my understanding is it does, is you, the banks can kind of make their own decision. Yeah. So like, I think there is certain banks that will kind of take whoever, yep. but they're not doing that because there's risk to them that people will just go to random banks and try to put, you know, fraud, fraud the banks by putting in false information. So I think just the standard across the board is most banks aren't going to take people. And I haven't heard the thing you said, Josh, that could be true. Um, I, from what I've heard is the banks are just deciding that if you don't bank with them, they're not going to take people outside of that. So I guess the main point is if you haven't already and you have any interest in doing this, you need to talk to your banker or someone at your bank right away and get yeah. information like what are they doing? What information do they need? If you can get stuff in ahead of time, do that and get the process started as soon as you can. But just call your bank. Uh, that's going to be the yeah because this first come first serve man and the longer you wait the harder it's going to be to get right. it i do know they streamline the process so Corey, you made a comment that the application was extremely simple right as of last week at the time of recording this podcast as of last week the process was way harder than mm. it is today Interesting. so i i was just about finished with the application last week and it was so much paperwork that i literally brought my attorney in to help me with it and then i was at my in-laws this past weekend, and I said, when I get home on Monday morning, I'm gonna finally submit it. Well, I got home, and on Monday morning, the application process had completely changed. Mm. And it was way simpler. So before, you had to <clears throat> list all your um, personal liabilities. You had to have way more uh, information in regards to what your uh, business did last year and so on and so forth. Whereas now, all you have to really do is input basic information, what your business does, um, and then what your gross and what your um, cost of goods mm -hmm. sold was the 12 months prior to the epidemic, which I believe was February 2019 through January 31st of 2020. And as long as you had like those two pieces of information, you could fill out the application. And I have a hard time believing it's gonna be just that simple. I think that there's more coming after that, but I think they were trying to streamline the process so more people could get the application in quickly. Yeah, well, I, I agree. If you, if you, just real quick, if you think about it, like they're, they're not gonna have time to look through a ton of information for this many people. No way. Like no they way. need to basically just say, okay, here's, your, here's this, here's your sales, here's your payroll you know, show one piece of information to support that and move on. Cause they're going to have thousands of applications. Millions. So they have to, they have to cut down the information and they're just not going to get through it. That's my take so, too. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have their criteria <laughs> and they're going to, they need to look at these things quickly and they're going to look at the type of business you have. I'm sure the income versus your expenses. Um, but it was crazy. Like to your point, Josh, 
like literally it was three pages long and you just put your bank account information in where you want your money yeah. to go. I'm like, right. what? Yeah. So but dude, the, the, the previous, like last week, it was like page after page. I called my attorney. <laughs> I was like, bro, I need some help. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and even he looked at it and was like, dang, that's a lot of stuff. So it's, it's completely changed and it's interesting to see that. But let's back up for a second. So there might be people listening to this podcast who have no earthly idea what we're talking about. And we might have lost... A handful of people here so if someone is let's say someone is in the, is a self-employed videographer okay would that person be able to apply for the PPP or the small business uh, economic relief loan and how would they go about getting applied for it and so what exactly does it mean? I want to make sure that we we don't lose anybody. Yeah, for sure. So the SBA loan that we're talking about, which I believe is a 7A loan. So there's a 7A and a 7B. I don't have it up in front of me. I should. That's my fault. We have a graphic too. I can actually send you guys. Um, that SBA loan that we're talking about, right? That um, you could apply for. That's not directly related to you having employees or not. Um, in fact, they. I think you're talking about the to, economic relief loan. Correct? Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. So I and, think they, and just to back up, so people know the SBA economic relief loan. You can go to the sba.com or yeah. .gov, whatever it is. Google it. Just make sure you're on the, on the small business small business administration <laughs> site. Um, but right at the top, it says like apply for economic relief loan. You can't miss it. And when you go in there, what you're applying for is a loan, and this loan is to help you if you ha- can. If you've had if you've had economic injury is what they call it. Now, Corey, can you explain to people if they apply for this loan, do they have to pay it back? And how does that work? This is the one with the $10,000 grant. So when you go through this process yeah. and you apply for it, it's going to be like three pages long. And there's going to be a box that says, do you want to receive a, the $10,000 grant if you're not approved? And if you Click. don't hit a check mark for that, you're not allowed to listen to my podcast ever again. Yeah, I mean, seriously, just <laughs> hit the box. Like, just hit the box. <laughs> so how that works is they're going to probably underwrite that somehow. We don't have all the details. They might get back to us and ask more, for more information, but at least get it processed and then we can figure it out later. Um, if you don't get approved for a loan amount, uh, they will, what they're saying is now up to $10,000 of grant money they will provide for you. I don't know what that number is going to end up being. Might end up being ten for everyone. I don't know, but I, I heard up to. Um, you think get, it's just going to depend on your business. Yeah, it won't be a needs. loan; it'll be a grant, right? If you get approved, then um, then it becomes a loan. However, like Dave said, the ten thousand dollars or up to ten thousand dollars may become forgivable, depending on how you use it, and there'll be strict guidelines on what you use that for. They'll probably have you set up a separate bank account for it, just like they do the other one. Um, but that's more of a loan that's spread out over I don't know how many years and the interest rates think, really low. Now like I've heard I've heard two things. So I've heard <clears throat> that the interest rate is at like three point seven five percent. But the question is, is that three point five percent cent guaranteed or is it as low as depending on your credit? The second question is, is is the loan I heard it was up to thirty years, but I've also heard it's up to ten years. Which of those is true? I don't um, know the percent. I've heard up to thirty years on the loan. Yeah, I heard but up to thirty years. And, that's what I've heard. And it's a percentage. Uh, it's a percentage range, so it is going to be based on credit because they do they will okay. run credit on that one. It's just it can be as low as three point seven five percent. Now I want to say this to anybody listening to this podcast: if you get, if let's say you apply for this and you get an amount bigger than what you think you're going to need, 
which I want to I want to touch on two things. First off, my attorney brought this up to me, and I think it's a great piece of advice. If you're gonna mm-hmm. take out the SBA loan, take out more than you think you need, because if you don't end up spending it, you can always pay it back, and you don't know. We don't know when this is going to be over or what the ripple effect for your business is going to be. Mm-hmm. You, uh, to Dave's point, my he's he's working right now. But what's this economic impact going to be for Dave's business and Dave's clients? So take out more and either if you don't use it, pay it back. Or if you do end up using it, you'll be glad you take took it out. The other thing is, is if you let's just say let's just say you got offered sixty five thousand dollars and you had some other loans at a higher percentage, you could take the SBA loan, use set aside what you need and then take the rest of it to pay off your other loans so that you're not necessarily paying them off because you still have a loan, but the loan that you're paying them off with might be at a lower percentage than what your other loans were. So that's those are two pieces of advice. So if you get approved for a larger amount, don't look at that and think, I, I shouldn't take that. Think about it first because there might be benefit to taking it. Yeah. And, and worst case too, if you get a big loan and you don't use it for a period of time, there's no harm in just leaving it sit there. That's right. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just sitting there. Nope. It's there for you. You know, maybe maybe the loan you don't need it today. You know, so leave it there for a month or two or three months or whatever. And maybe three months from now you do need it, and now you have it available. Exactly. Now here's one thing I don't understand, and maybe one of you can explain this. But I don't I don't get this, and nobody I've talked to understands this either. But on the application, and again, guys, you go to the SBA Small Business Administration website, and you can't miss it. It's all over the page, Coronavirus Small Business Relief Loan. But when you fill out the application, there is no spot to put in how much money you're seeking. It All you put in is mm-hmm. your basic information, what your cost of goods sold was, and what your um, gross income was the 12 months prior to the disaster. Now. On the previous, before they changed the application and made it easier and more streamlined, at, when I was applying for it last week, you actually did fill out what your economic impact was. But the new application process does not have that. So I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming what they'll do is they'll take a look at your cost of goods sold and your gross income from last year, your credit, and then they will give you what you have been approved for and that's how they're going to come up with the amount. Is that what your take on it is? I, I I mean, I think that you're like, so the process you went through initially is probably the process that most people are going to have to go through after they vet all of these initial applications. You think that's so? Just my so you're, you're thinking that what I did last week with the old application process is not necessarily gone. No. It's just that's going to be a second application process you go through once you kind of work through the initial <laughs> application. I mean, honestly, I bet you they realized, so the people that actually created the process probably realized the exact same thing you did when you sat down and looked at it and they were going, wait, we need to figure out a way to streamline this thing or we're not going to be able to process it because we don't have the manpower. And they went sure. back to the drawing board and they're going to come back to us and they might even give you like an amount they could qualify you up to or they might not even be that far along and they might come back to you and you might have to go through the process you went through. Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if they just started handing out loans based on that little bit of information. Because, I mean, what do you what are you going to pull a number out of thin air? Like, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I guess they yeah, could do because, a percentage of like your 
your gross profit, I guess. But I, I don't know. I don't know how much sense that makes. The only thing I could see is if they're trying to streamline it because there's so many people applying for it that maybe they could take whatever your 12 months prior a gross income wise, what your cost of goods sold is, do some sort of mathematical equation to guess what they think you need for however many months they anticipate this being effective, and then approve you for that amount as long as your credit is approved so that they can streamline it as quickly as possible. However, I think that they're going to be smarter than that because that could set the country up for an even right. bigger disaster if people can't pay back their loan. Right. Yep. Right. I want to okay. read. I want to read two things. So I have a chart. Um, obviously, we can't show anybody, but I have a chart, and it's kind of like divides it down the middle. And I'll send this to you guys. Um, it's something that's not on a website anywhere. It's something we got from uh, somebody who's kind of helping process these loans. Um, I think they might be an accountant. I'm not sure, but um, so you basically created a chart, right? So on the right side is the is the economic injury disaster loan, which is the um, SBA loan we're talking about right now. Right. So it's for payroll, fixed debts, accounts payable, other expenses that can be paid because of the disaster impact. Now there's more details to that and they're going to probably <laughs> fine tune it and they probably already have. It's up to $2 million. So that's the up to $2 million amount you can get. It's 3.75% interest for small business doesn't say up to, but I'm sure that's probably what it is or around 3.75. And then for nonprofits, it's 2.75%. Nice. It's up to 30 years, like we talked about. Now this says it's 0% is eligible for forgiveness, but I believe they changed that. Um, I believe they changed that to to Dave's point with, um, if you use it a certain amount, maybe the 10,000 can be forgiven or something like that. Um, the other side on the PPP, payroll, these are the things that can be used for. Payroll, debt obligation incurred before 215.20, employee salaries, mortgage interest, and rent. It's up to 2.5% of your current payroll per month, right? That is... Um, and explain that. Explain what that means so people understand. Uh, the two and a so, half. Yep. So you yeah, take two and a half. So you take that. your. Now there's more details to this, but honestly, we can't even get into all the details about sure, it. But sure. For basic conversation about it, it's if you take your monthly payroll of all your employees, and you just times that by two and a half, that's the amount of the loan. Okay. Okay. Now, that's just payroll, though. That's not including your rent and things like that. That can now also. No, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there, Corey. Now, if someone's listening to this podcast. And let's just say they're an independent contractor. Could they qualify for that? And and how would they consider themselves as payroll so that they can get that two and a half times? Well, like, and I'll let Dave answer this, but like when I was in real estate, I put myself on a payroll system. So I was paying myself through my business. That to me says I'm on payroll. Whether I own the company or not, I have payroll system. Right. So Dale, did you pay your real quick? Did you pay yourself a certain salary or were you just taking what you needed out of your business account or whatever and transferring it over? No, I was actually in my account? payroll system. So I would click pay Corey. Okay. So I, I would get like a check. My, my fear is a lot of people don't do that. So right? can and I jump I, in? I'm, quick? I'm one Go of ahead, them Dave. that have. Can I jump in before you say that? Yeah. So I, we had the same question because okay. there is a lot of small business owners that if you have a, a partnership like an LLC, like you don't take payroll. If you're a sole proprietor, right. chances are you don't take payroll. Like you're not getting a W two. You're just taking distributions from the business. Yep. From what, what I've talked, what I've talked to a bunch of people about, those payments count. That's payroll. 
So if okay. you're the business owner and you're just taking money out of your business, that is payroll. Okay. So just to be clear, because there's a there's a lot of business owners like that that really yeah. just because they're not like you know not to get too technical, but let's say that there's a partnership right where you don't take payroll, you just take distributions, and then you have, let's say you have an S corp, same business, but you're on payroll. It doesn't make sense that the S corp would be able to get mm-hmm. this, but then an LLC would not. Like they're both taking okay. the same amount. They're both considered payroll. So just to be clear about that. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that because I know there are people like me that I'm, I should be, but I'm not currently on a quote payroll. Right. Correct. I just take. I just take. Like you said, uh, mm-hmm. I just take money out of my account and right. transfer it over as needed. Now, what I don't, what I'm not sure of yet is because we're still trying to figure it out. Obviously, if you have actual payroll, right, there's payroll reports that you're going to be able to submit and say, here's my payroll. As an owner where you're just taking distributions, I'm not exactly sure the information that they're going to be looking for yet. I don't know if it's just going to be you have to provide some sort of documentation via your bank. I don't know if it's something that they're going to take off like your schedule K-1. I'm not exactly sure what they're looking for yet, um, but I do know that it does count, which is which is obviously really important. That's the most important thing right now. Okay. All right, Corey, you can jump back. I just want to, I'm just trying to make sure that people understand the things that we're talking about and how that works. Yeah. So this, and this stuff, uh, again, the next couple things are based on how you use it. So if, if you're detail oriented, you got to keep your records with this PPP loan because <clears throat> it will turn into a loan if you don't use it right. Um, and, and that um, rate is going to be fixed at 4%. That's what I have written okay. down here. Um, there's no payments. Um, if you, if it turns into a loan, there's no payments for six to 12 months. Um, and it looks like it'll become a 10 year loan. In other words, if you don't use it properly, there's, I am sure there's going to be stipulations where they go, well, we're going to, we're going to forgive 25% of what we gave you or something like that. They'll come up with, but up to right now, what they're saying is up to a hundred percent of these funds are forgivable. If you use it in the right way for the right way and you document it because that'll be a big part of the process so so if someone is an do you have to be an llc or an s corp or something like that to apply for either of these loans or could you do it because i'm an llc so i know i i was good for i applied for the sba loan that way but what if you were not an llc what if you're just a independent freelancer how could you apply for either of these or could you i mean my understanding is that entity structure has no effect on being able to apply like payroll is payroll however you're paying yourself or your employees <clears throat> it goes back to the same thing i said before i'm not sure what documentation they're going to look for for certain things um but it is any entity structure is, is going to count i okay. just don't know what they're going to look for and then my last question and this is this is something people are probably going to ask on this is should they apply for both the sba loan and the ppp program or or one or the other. Yeah, I would apply for I both. I would say yes. I would say apply. If, if you think you need it, you might need it, I would apply for everything you can. Honestly. And could you get, is it possible to get both? It is possible to get both. Yep. It is. The only okay. thing that you need to know going into it, though, is that if you do get approved for both and you take both, um, you're going to want to focus your payroll on the PPP. Right. Because that's the forgivable one. So that's the one, like if it was me and I got both, and as a master networks company, right? If we get approved for both, that PPP one is going to be completely forgiven. The other one is a loan. So right. there's like, I'm less likely to follow the guidelines on the loan one than I am to follow it on the PPP uh, forgivable piece uh, because I want that 
right. you know, so that's all gonna, that'll be strictly for payroll, rent, uh, mortgage interest. And like yeah. we said before, if you get a loan, you don't necessarily need to use that loan. You can still have it. You don't need to like get it and like, okay, I got a loan for a hundred grand, take it all out and just like, <laughs> don't do that. Like, unless you right. unless you need it, if you need it then take it, but don't just take it all out and sit it like in your bank and start paying interest on it. Don't do that. Like leave it in the loan. And then if you don't end up using it, that's fine. You know, yep. There's no harm there. So just as a summary for people listening to this podcast, if you are suffering, do you have a small business of any kind and you're suffering right now, whether you're an S-Corp or an LLC or just a sole proprietor, go on to the SBA's website. If you feel like you need a loan, go on the website and apply for it and do it now. Go to the SBA website, Small Business Administration, and apply for the economic relief loan. Check the box to apply for the grant and then go apply for the payment protection plan or program, whichever, whatever that acronym Talk is. Talk to your banker. Talk to your banker if you, and, and Dave, real quick, I want you to answer this question. Um, for anyone listening to this, one of the things that they're going to ask is what is your gross last 12 months prior to the disaster, February, 2019 through January 31st of 2020. What is the gross mm-hmm. and what is the cost of goods sold? If someone does not have that information, how can they quickly figure that out, Dave? Yeah. So I walked through this with you, um, Josh, briefly, but if all of your information is captured, just a really quick calculation, mm-hmm. if all of it's captured in a bank and a credit card, I would just dump all that information in, into Excel and all the money that came in should be your sales. And then you're gonna have to go through expense by expense, but um, you have to figure out every business is different, but what's related to actually selling the product that you're selling, that's that's your cost of goods sold. Take out your operating expenses, take out your own pay, but then what's, you know, maybe the payroll of your company is cost of goods sold, cost of labor. Um, but that's like a very quick way to do it if you're, if you're kind of in a jam. Uh, obviously, if you keep good records, it's an easy, you know, just pull up your report, but. I don't, know. I don't know if that answered your question yeah, without so, getting into so, too much detail. Yeah, and obviously we can't get into too much detail. I just know for a lot of people when they run their like their books for taxes, a lot of people like me um, are not looking for COGS or cost of goods sold. We're looking for just like what's our net, what's our gross, you know, what was our profit and loss, that type of thing. Figuring out my cost of goods sold, this is my first time ever doing it. And to, to your point, what we did was is we went to my Wells Fargo account, downloaded my bank statements, for those 12 months and then put it in an Excel sheet and just went through and crossed out anything that was an operating expense and left only any things that were directly related to a sale of a product, which for my business video would have been music, graphics, even equipment, things like that. Things that are directly related to the sale labor of a, or, or building of a product labor. I did not include though, like my QuickBooks accounts, um, my proposal software, my insurance, because those are operating expenses. And so uh, you could do that pretty quickly and get a fairly good idea of what your cost of goods sold is. And then also obviously your gross and then plug that in and you'll have the basic information you need to at least get this application started. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. What? Corey? So I was going to say, so the website's simple. It's just for the SBA. It's sba.gov. So go to that website. Yeah. And make and sure you don't go to some random random website because there's <laughs> yeah. going to be scams and stuff Someplace out there. Someplace like in India SBA.com is probably a scam. I have no yep. idea. But at yeah, .gov, sure. when you're dealing with government stuff, always yep. .gov is very important. Yep. 
Well, guys, this is really good stuff. I want to I want to conclude by saying, guys, remember, go to SBA.gov or and apply for the economic relief loan if you can. Uh, apply for the grant. Hit that box. Apply for the PPP. If you need unemployment, look at your state's unemployment and see what what they're offering right now. Most places are extending it to contractors and uh, self-employed individuals. And then also take a look at like the Sony grant. If you're creative, see if you could apply for that. And then look at the grant for that Facebook has offered. And I'm sure there will be other grants to come. But to wrap this whole thing up, so we've talked about the effect on small businesses. We've talked about economic relief. But let's talk real quick. How can a business bounce back from this? And I'll tell you one of the words that's really important right now, in my opinion, two words, really. One is adapt, adapting your ability to adapt. And the other one is the word that we've talked about, which is reinvent, reinventing your business. And I think those are two really important things. In Corey's case, there are they are adapting their business to um, to the times instead of meeting in person, they're meeting on Zoom calls and they're doing things to adapt. And I think that's really important today. But another important thing is to learn to reinvent your business. If you are a restaurant owner who's never delivered food before, reinvent your business. Find ways to try to keep yourself alive right now. And that might actually end up being a positive way, thing for you after this. So so for, for you guys, tell me, what are some things people should take away from this to try to get through COVID-19 and maybe even turn it into a positive? Yeah, I would say just to kind of uh, agree with you, the, the world um, is never going to be the same after this. It's just not, it's just not <laughs> going to be. We're never going to go back to where we were four or five months ago. It's never going to be the same. And that's okay. You know, with change comes opportunity. Um, so like you said, I think as business owners, what we need to be doing is looking at what those changes are and starting to figure out, and every business is going to be different, but start to figure out where those opportunities are. You know, like you said, for there might be a lot less time going into restaurants, but people are still going to want to order out and do different things. So there could be a change there. People might be buying a lot more online, different things, than they are actually going into stores. Um, so I think we just need to look at how the world is changing, how it's going to change, and figure out how our business fits into that puzzle of change. And then just and then just find the opportunities for that and, and adjust based on that because um, with any change there is opportunities we just have to figure out what they are. Corey, what are your thoughts? Uh, just a couple things. Uh, hopefully, it's just a couple things. Um, I think one of the one of the best things we can do right now as business owners is create uh, some sort of certainty and normalcy in our own clients' lives. Uh, and so it. I would encourage you all to be reaching out to your current clients, um, to any future clients and to any past clients, because um, not to not to there's a difference between opportunistic and opportunity. But I do think one of the blessings that we have right now is that unfortunately your competition is sitting in a hole somewhere, crawled into a closet, wondering what they're going to do next. You have an amazing opportunity to just be a light for your current sphere of people and um, what that's going to do is it's going to create it's going to create a client relationship that will last forever because when you come out of this and they see you still uh, active on social media or still doing things to recreate yourself as your business, you will gain market share from that. Um, and that happened back in 2008 when I was in real estate. I went into real estate when a lot of people were leaving and because they left and crawled in a hole somewhere, I was there learning and grinding 
grind it out, be in contact with your clients, be really careful of the information you're consuming, where it's coming from, um, be a positive light for people right now in general. I mean, I think that just, you know, do just do the right things. Um, look at opportunities that can help people. Also, don't be afraid to sell things right now. I think that's a big thing right now is that there's this fear. And I think you have to do it in the right way. Like you, you can't be... Um, you can't be cold calling people right now because it's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you, there's a way to still sell your products and services. To your point, you know, Josh, to reinvent yourself a little bit, to be more online. I mean, what? A, there's no, there's not a, a much, there's not a better time right now than to go create your YouTube channel. Like, go create a right. YouTube channel yeah, and provide sure. a, a tremendous value and education for people out there that are looking for things that. Uh, are going to make them better because it's a really good time for us right now to look inside ourselves, um, really recreate our mission and vision statement, really go back to why we do what we do. Why do we do our business? Why? How is it impacting people? What is our long-term goal with our business? Who, how do we want it to impact the business community? And if we do that and we take action on improving ourselves, but then not, you know, the, the biggest fear I think is that people will sit here and go, well, I'm sitting at home. I'll get back to work in in two months and right now I'll just create a bunch of systems and I'll market a bunch of stuff and then I'll generate business. You can generate a pipeline now. You just need to be in in contact with your people. It's harder, but put some things in place, recreate yourself, know very clearly what you're doing, what your mission is, create a powerful why statement and you will come out of this better than you were uh, going into it. Um, and that'll be one of the biggest blessings. Cause as you guys know, like this thing will pass over, we'll look back on this thing in like 20 years and it will be, you know, it'll, it'll be incredible to see what the changes have come from this. Think about how many changes have come from nine 11 and how we right. do business differently and go to airports differently. And, um, things will, things will be different, but, um, you know, going back to like, I'm, I'm happy we're not going back to the norm because I think yeah. the norm uh, and Dave and you and I have talked about this a lot. The norm was not healthy in this country. It mm-hmm. was not. And this is a wake up call for people. Um, and it's going to sure. expose, it's going to expose the people that are genuine and really care about the relationships and the ones that don't. Um, and unfortunately the ones that don't are not going to have businesses when this thing is done. Yeah. So, yeah, I can add one thing really quick, just as you were talking, yep. Corey, I think, man, when times are tough and, people are searching for answers what an opportunity it is as a business owner to stand out as a leader and to lead the charge on something and that can be done in so many different ways it doesn't mean that you need to for some people it does mean go you know create videos and go on facebook live and talk about things every single day Corey, i know you guys do that and you guys do it really well and you guys are 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 being leaders Um, for other people it might just mean supporting your clients be a leader for your clients call your clients and just say how are you guys doing what can i do to help like that's being a leader um and the the people that are able to step up right now and be leaders and do things are the ones when this is all over with are going to be 20 steps ahead of everybody else that's just are 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 afraid to step up in this moment so just like i said it's going to be different for everybody but just find a way to be a leader in this really tough time because people are searching for answers and people are searching for truth. And as a business owner, we have we have something that we know is true because we started a business around it. So just bring that truth out and be a leader for that. Um, and uh, you, you'll come out of it you know, on the other side for sure. 
So I'll, 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 t- I'll end it up by saying this. So John Piper wrote a book called Don't Waste Your Life. And then the title of that book has been something that has been resonating with me as we kind of go through COVID-19. Don't, if you are a business owner like myself, try to look at COVID-19 less as, less as a disaster, which it is to some extent, but try to look at it as just a different opportunity and do your best not to waste the opportunity that's in front of you. So for me, yeah, I'm struggling right now, man. I'm, I'm hurting bad and I had to apply for a lot of different things and I hope I get some financial relief out of this. But rather than sit at home and stew over all the negative things I could be stewing over, I'm trying to find ways to make this into a positive. One, here are some things I'm doing to touch on Dave's point as far as being a leader. One of the things I want to do is provide value and leadership for people in my community that I don't even know. So I'm going to call people and I'm working on this right now, calling different businesses in town and for free, just offering to come do a quick interview of them and what people can do to help them with their business right now and what they're doing right now um, differently. Like if they're a restaurant, are they offering curbside service or delivery, stuff like that? I'm going to go and, and do that for people, free videos, put them online um, because I have nothing, I can, I can right now and I have the ability to do that. And by doing that, I'm providing value to people in the community. I'm giving back. And then long term, I'm building relationships with people that when this is over with, might want to do business with me. Um, Parker Guide Service, one of my big clients in Alaska, they had to cancel social media with me. They pay me quarterly, but they can no longer afford to do it because I don't know if you saw this, but earlier this week, Alaska canceled bear season for the spring for black and brown bear. My client is in the middle of trying to figure out if he has to give all the money back for all the hunts he's been paid for. These are expensive hunts. The brown bear hunts are nine thousand, or excuse me, the black bear hunts are nine thousand. The brown bear hunts are twenty-eight thousand a piece. Think about the money this guy's having to give back. Wow. He's suffering, and so how can I provide value for him and give mm-hmm. back to him and show him that I'm there for him? And that's not even being about me, but like, what can I do for my customer? Well. I'm going to continue running his social media despite the fact that he can't pay me because it's the right thing to do. And I already went ahead and told him that because that's the right thing to do. Maybe one day when he recovers from this, he'll go back to paying me again. Uh, And if he cannot, well, that's okay because at least I know I'm providing value for my client in a time where they're struggling. If you are an entrepreneur, that's what you need to be doing. Find what gifts or what talents or what abilities your business has and give back to the community. And maybe the community will give back to you. Another thing you can do is is take this time to learn how to get better with your business. Uh, if you're a videographer, photographer, practice lighting, practice interviews, practice sound design. Get better at things while you have the opportunity. Take this time to do things you wouldn't normally do. I'm working on my website. I'm finally doing a new highlight reel. I'm halfway done with it. I haven't done one in four or five years. But take this opportunity Take this time to find ways to improve your business and improve your relationships rather than to sit at home and cry about the business you don't have. That's the biggest piece of advice that I have for people. And find ways to adapt and reinvent yourself and offer things you may never thought you would have offered before this has happened. And lastly, if you're with your family at home, take this time to go out in your backyard, throw your Frisbee. I've been seeing more of that in my neighborhood than I've ever seen. And if that's the one change that comes from this, that more families do things together, well, that's a good change and, and, a, and a positive thing to take away from COVID-19. For sure. For sure. Man, Guys, I, I want to think... better. It's awesome. You couldn't... I couldn't... 
I couldn't be happier to do this podcast with you guys. Uh, I feel like this is going to help a lot of people. If you listen to this podcast and you have further questions or want help applying for a loan or what loans to apply for or so on and so forth, or if you just want someone to reach out and chat with about how you could reinvent your business, don't be afraid to contact us. The easiest place to find us is go to the Filming with Josh page. We're all a part of that page. It's on Facebook. Yeah, just type in Filming with Josh. Ask to be a member. If you are a member, don't be afraid to post and ask questions of how to apply for things. What should you apply for? How can your business get through this? Even if you're not in the video or photography business, I don't care. Join the group. Come on and ask questions. We're here for you. We want to be here for you, and we'll answer them in any way we possibly can. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Please share it so other people can listen to this and find ways to help their business. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, Dave. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today. Today.